Hi, this is Nathan Sherrill, director of David's Harp, a center for musical development. And welcome to our podcast. In the next 30 minutes, plan to learn more about the world of music and missions in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and consider how you might find ways to share the gospel through music in your own neck of the woods. Enjoy. What is a hymnal? Why are hymnals important? What do hymnals do? Why do hymnals function in different languages and cultures? These are just a few of the questions we'll be digging into in today's conversation with Deaconess Sandra Ryan. Sandra has recently received a call from the Office of International Missions of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod to serve the church in Asia as sacred music educator. Sandra, it's great to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Absolutely. Before we get started, tell us a little more about yourself. Sure. Well, again, thank you, Pastor Cheryl, for the invitation to join you today on this podcast. It's a delight to be with you and to talk about hymnals and sharing the gospel through music. So who am I? Starting with my stations in life, I am a wife, a mother, a grandmother, a church musician, and a deaconess. Um, My home is in South Bend, Indiana. I have a bachelor's degree in music education from University of Nebraska and a master's in theology from Concordia Seminary in Fort Wayne. So those are sort of the background facts. Um, Let me tell you a little family story because it will describe who I am. My my family is a familiar story from the LCMS. I have a great grandfather who immigrated to the US from Germany in the 1860s looking for religious freedom. He homesteaded in Waco, Nebraska. He and his wife farmed the land. They were blessed with 16 children. One of those children, William, uh, was involved in a farm accident. He lost his right hand in a corn husker. And that made it uh, difficult for him to be a farmer. So his father thought he would serve better as a teacher. So they sent him to Concordia in Seward, where he became studied to become a teacher. Well, back at that time, uh, in the early 1900s, piano and then organ were required subjects. And grandpa had only one hand. So he felt like learning piano would be pretty tough for him. So he petitioned his professor that they let him go straight to organ because with the organ, you can use your feet, which gives him three out of four. And those would be better (laughs) odds, right? (laughs) So so he learned organ and was a skillful organist. Okay, so his first call took him to Indiana where he served his entire life as a, a Lutheran school teacher, principal, organist, and choir director and was known in the community uh, for you know, three generations of Lutherans, he was known as Teacher Uffelman. That was wow. my grandfather. So he, among many other things that he taught me, he taught me how to play piano and organ. Um, so I became a church organist. Um, and Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And music has always been a part of the work that I do in my life. So that must have been interesting learning, uh, learning organ and piano from someone who had that limitation. 
uh, maybe you have some unique tips that you can teach others. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps so. Um, well, here's a unique tip. Grandpa had a, a hook for, on, for his right hand, so he would always tie a string around it so it didn't clink on the keys too much. So you know, if you have a hook, <laughs> use a string. <laughs> well, you share a common story that might resonate with a lot of us. My grandfather, too, was in a similar accident and also uh, had lost a hand in an auger. Uh, but uh-huh. he used to he used to uh, open his hook and uh, pinch our fingers with it. So uh, he wasn't <laughs> yeah. a musician. <laughs> he, he stayed on the farm. It was but, not uh, a handicap, was it? Uh, no, absolutely not. I, I remember well, reading the obituary saying something about his handicap. And I'm like, what, what, what was this? Oh, you mean he had one hand? That was not a handicap. <laughs> no, no. Very resourceful men, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sandra, we're, today we're interested in learning more about you as someone also who has a central part to play in the area of hymnal development and translation work. Tell us more about this. What What is a hymnal? What do hymnals do? Why are they important in foreign mission work and and how did you get involved in all of this anyway? Sure. Okay. So um, for the past several years, I've been a hymnal consultant serving with under the Office of International Mission in the LCMS. So that means when a mission church or a partner church somewhere in the world would come to the LCMS and ask for assistance in developing a new hymnal, I was assigned to that project to oversee it and coordinate it. Um, The first hymnal project I did was with the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Kenya. I was still a deaconess student at the time, uh, and uh, because relationships are are what we are all about, this all came about because of a relationship I had with a student in a fellow student in one of my classes. Was an interesting classmate. I got to know him. His name was Isaiah Obari. Turns out he was a pastor in Kenya. We became friends. I had him up to my house to just to visit. And um, through that friendship, I met his father, who was at the time the archbishop of the Lutheran Church in Kenya. And his father asked me to partner with his son, Isaiah, and develop a hymnal for their church because their church body had been in existence for over 60 years and still didn't have a hymnal. So it's a it, it was just felt like an outrageous request, uh, but um, you know the Lord has His ways of moving, and um, this became my deaconess internship. And um, over the course of about five years, we developed a hymnal. It's completely in Swahili, and uh, was dedicated to 2012. And there are now 20,000 copies of it. Wow! So that kind of started this work. And it, it sort of established me as a developer of foreign hymnals, which is just was not anything that was on my radar. Um, after that, uh, the next church, the next hymnal project I worked on was in Ethiopia. Um, the church there is the Ethiopian Evangelical Church, Makani Yesus, huge church. In fact the largest Lutheran church body in the world and the fastest growing. They have maybe mm. eight or nine million members. Oh, my. Um, yeah. So their language is Amharic. 
Um, and we've, the name of that hymnal is Sabhat Amlak, and it was dedicated this past Reformation. So those two hymnals are both completed. Um, mm. Since then, I've started working more in Asia. Actually, at the same time that I was working in Ethiopia, I also started working in Asia because although these are huge long-term projects, um, I have lots of downtime while I'm working on them because it's not like I do the work. I coordinate the work. I, um, I help see what to do and I give assignments, but it's not like I make a hymnal. I, there's no way I could, and it wouldn't be appropriate. Um, I just assist them where they need assistance, and the committee made up of members of that church body do most of the actual work. Mm-hmm. So now I'm working in Indonesia, Taiwan, China, and actually also in Latin and South America. Wow. So you literally are all over the world. Yeah, yes, I am. <laughs> it's, it's quite a blessing. <laughs> now, I have a question for you uh, on that. W- initially, uh, when this uh, bishop came to you uh, asking for this help, wh- why was he wanting um to develop a hymnal anyway? Right. Um, Very good question. Um, A hymnal facilitates our life as Christians. So um, when you think about um, who we are as Christians, we receive the gifts of the gospel, the forgiveness of sins, life, salvation, primarily in the divine service. Um, the pastor speaks the absolution. He preaches the gospel. He feeds us with Jesus' body and blood. It's, those are all the things that are part of the divine service. It's God using the voice and hands of pastors to deliver, to deliver those gifts. But it is a hymnal that provides the structure for that divine service. So it facilitates bringing God's gifts to his people. And Bishop Obari recognize that. He realized that. In fact, he could see they don't have nearly enough pastors yet in their church body. And so one pastor might be serving 10 congregations. So many times the congregation meets without their pastor. And he saw that sometimes someone in the congregation would get their hands on a hymnal and they would be very excited and they would learn a few hymns from that hymnal And then they would sing those many, many times because there was not a lot of structure to the service since there was no pastor. And those hymns that they were singing uh, would end up teaching them doctrine. But if that hymnal happened to be from the Seventh-day Adventist Church or the Pentecostal Church, it, it would end up catechizing them out of the Lutheran Church. And so he realized how important a Lutheran hymnal was. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I've talked to several uh, missionaries about this very subject, and uh, sometimes when entering uh, an area uh, that has no formal structure, the conversation of culture uh, enters in uh, as well, and and the establishment of culture. Um, it's interesting to think about that, how a hymnal helps also just establish culture, um, how do you see that happening in these uh, in these areas? Yes, um, uh, there is the culture of the country, the tribe, the people, but the church has its own culture, which transcends any kind of 
earthly cultures. And it, it is uh, it is nothing short of a miracle to see how the culture of the church unifies us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it unifies us across languages. You know, the first time I went to Kenya and I sat in on a church service, I did not know a word of Swahili. And yet I could tell where we were in the service because of the order, the liturgy, and it's the mm-hmm. culture, in the culture of that. Um, and it, also that hymnal, uh, it unifies us in that worship practice. Mm-hmm. Well, this is exciting work, extremely exciting work that you have been doing. And um, actually, uh, I'm thankful to you that I was able to get some audio files of you mm-hmm. working with different people in different parts of the world on different hymnal projects. And so we actually have a chance to listen in uh, on, on some of the work that you've been doing. Uh, let's take a listen to this here in a moment, and then we'll discuss uh, those things that we're hearing. Okay. Okay. Sandra, I recognize all of those hymns that we've just heard as hymns from our own hymnal. Tell us more about who these people are and what's going on in each of these cases. Sure. Okay, so one of them is the the hymn, These Are the Holy Ten Commands. Uh, You can hear it sung by two children. Um, This was happening in Tanzania. Even though the hymnal for Kenya was a hymnal for Kenya, the two translators that we used were pastors who live in Tanzania. And um, it's sort of a complicated story, but the, but in simple terms, Swahili is a more is more pure in the in Tanzania in Kenya. It's kind of evolved and and changed some. So our translators were from Tanzania, and so one of those two translators, Pastor Peter Mraini, um had his children sing the recordings for us. Um, they they live in an amazing place. They live on the slope of Mount Kilimanjaro. Their economy is based on bananas, and so it was a, really a lot of fun to visit them and and see Count Mount Kilimanjaro every day. 
So those, those two children were singing the hymn. One of the hymns, Listen, Listen, God is Calling, is possibly familiar to most people. It is actually an African hymn originating from Kenya, just northeast of Tanzania. Um, and so it is fun for us because of that. When I was in Tanzania, I would often ask the people if they knew that hymn. And some did, some didn't. I think because uh, there isn't there isn't the easy communication in these third world countries. We're used to internet and you know so many ways of of um, information traveling, and it doesn't travel in quite the same way in their country. But there was a time that I was teaching a deaconess class in Shinyanga, Tanzania, and so I got to know these ladies pretty well. And I asked them, they, they would sing every, at the, every day at the beginning of our class. They would choose a song and sing it, and they would just harmonize beautifully. They, don't, they weren't using music. Or, or, in fact, I talked to them about uh, hymn books and music and discovered that most of them had no idea what written music looked like. They had never seen notes written on a page, and yet they sang in beautiful harmony. So I, I, I asked them if they knew this hymn, Listen, God is Calling. They did, and so I asked them if they would sing it for me. And so that's what we are hearing in that recording. Mm, that, that was beautiful. Yeah, it was really fun. The third recording is Savior of the Nations Come, I recorded that one in Taiwan, Xinchu, Taiwan. We're working on a Chinese hymnal. It's going to be in Mandarin. And um, translating the hymns is the hugest task for any hymnal. So as the pastors, mostly pastors, have been working on translating these hymns, they have found it best to work in a small group. I think it's the Chinese language is is so different than our grammatical language. It's just based on words, not grammar so much. And so if they have a small group, uh, they have a bigger body of vocabulary words to think of because there are more people brainstorming. And so as they translate a hymn, they often test it by singing. So you can hear these three pastors um, one is from China, one is from Taiwan, one is from Hong Kong, and they are testing out one of their translations. Okay, wonderful. Uh, you know, as I listen to you share, I, I'm reflecting on our own hymnal, and I remember being in a, in a presentation where uh, the presenter was talking about all of the places or the origins of the hymns in our hymnal, and it was fascinating to realize that... Uh, um, contrary to popular belief, maybe uh, the hymns in our hymnal come from all over the world. And I was thinking as you were sharing about the uh, hymn, Listen, uh, God is Calling, uh, we sing often uh, an Easter hymn, Christ has arisen, Alleluia. And um, we have here in our congregation a member from Tanzania, and he loves that hymn mm-hmm. and uh, knows that hymn well. And uh, at times we'll sing that hymn in Swahili (laughs) right along with us. And uh, really helps us, uh, this conversation helps us realize that that just because there's a book and it's gathered uh, music in it uh, doesn't mean that it came from the United States or from Germany. But a lot of of, uh, 
uh, effort, uh, as you're illustrating, has been put into our hymnal. Yes. Uh, and obviously the hymnals that you're, you're compiling uh, in foreign lands to bring the best uh, of uh, Lutheranism, the best of Christianity set to song from all over the ages, uh, kind of consolidating that into one place to help, as we said before, form that culture that kind of transcends that specific place. So this is wonderful, wonderful work that you're doing. And it's very exciting to just be able to talk about and learn more about. And actually, um, I apparently it's going to keep on going. So let's visit now about your recent call as sacred music educator through the Office of International Missions for the LCMS, serving the church specifically now throughout Asia. How does this work that you're going to be doing relate to the work that you have been doing? Yes. Okay. So I will still work on hymnal projects, but with this new call, um, I'm, I'm excited about it because the work will be much broader. So the call, as you said, is to be a sacred music ed educator in Asia. Um, I will be equipping people to use the musical treasure and resources of the church. So this call, I really want to say I, I have a call to share God's love in Asia with the music of the church. So in a general way, it really is just to be a Christian, right? It's to share God's love. That's what we do. Missionaries do the same thing, but often in a, a foreign context or a foreign culture. Um, many of our missionaries are pastors and they are training pastors. I get to help train musicians because they often don't have experience with playing for a liturgical service. They don't understand how um, Lutheran services, Lutheran worship is different than the more um, common and ubiquitous entertainment style music that's used in so many church bodies. I can teach hymns. I can organize pastor's conference to help them learn how to lead liturgical services, work with pastors and musicians to show them how to work together in choosing hymns according to the lectionary, have hymns of the seasons. Um, I just will be facilitating the ongoing teaching and supporting so that they can actually use these hymnals. Mm -hmm. Sandra, now we've come into contact together in a wonderful way, uh, your work and the work of David's Harp, a center for musical development. Share with others how you may be able to help those or your work might be able to be assisted by the work of David's Harp, especially as we consider David's Harp to be an entity emphasizing uh, musical resource development and the development of centers of music all across the world. I, I am so excited to get to work with David's Harp and this relationship I can see uh, being incredibly um, positive for both of us. So I know that you are already, David's Harp is producing books and you've got teachers and you're helping build conservatories around this country and around the world. So now I want to help people in Asia. I have this opportunity to help people in Asia with liturgical resources. So David's Harp can help me by producing books that will be specifically 
in the languages that we need, with the new hymns that we need. You might be able to provide some teachers. Um, I've got the relationships with church bodies in Asia, so um, that's kind of how I will I can benefit from my end that I can get these things going and uh, use your resources and spread them to Asia. I can also I also am traveling there a lot. I'll be spending a lot of my time in Asia, although my home uh, at, at this point still remains in Indiana. Um, so since I can be traveling over there, I can bring those resources to the people in Asia. Many people, uh, when you come into contact uh, with the conversation of missions, don't readily think of music. But what's happening here, I think there's maybe a movement, uh, at least within our church body, uh, that is kind of recognizing, again, the significance that music has played in the life of the church, at least the Lutheran church, ever since its beginnings. And I'm really excited to hear of your work and the work of David's Harp and the work of many others, uh, like the work of Dr. Martin Dickey in Papua New Guinea and other places that uh, are really prizing and seeing music as a primary mode for the extension of the gospel. It's really exciting to see this happening. Uh, Sandra, you're a gift to the church. It's not easy work that you're doing. My goodness, you're talking about literally being in all sorts of different countries that many people couldn't even imagine uh, traveling at this time, uh, maybe, uh, let alone maybe at any time. But it's exciting work. It's rewarding work. It's exciting to hear about, and especially to realize that we are singing as one with believers across the world, as we hear in Revelation from every nation, tribe, people, and tongue. That is so edifying for us and for the whole church. How can we learn more about uh, your necessary work and support you in it? Uh There are several ways you can support me and partner with this work. Um, The easiest way to start right now is to contact me by email. Uh, My email address is sandra.rhine at lcms.org. Sandra, S-A-N-D-R-A dot Rhine, R-H-E-I-N at lcms.org. Or contact David's Harp. You know how to reach me. Uh, and one, as soon as congregations can begin gathering again and I can travel, I am eager to visit, to give a presentation about this work and let people know how to support it, uh, with prayers, with encouragement and with financial support. Wonderful. Deaconess Sandra Ryan, thank you so much for being with us today. God's richest blessings be yours as you continue to serve his church in this unique, necessary and wonderful way. Thank you so much, and God bless your work at David's Harp. You have been listening to a David's Harp podcast. We thank you for joining us today. Learn more about David's Harp and how you can support its work at www.davidsharpmusic.org. May the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord.